first, you have to be sure if it's the right sponsorship, they have to share the same audience. You're listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience, a podcast dedicated to helping executives train their sales and marketing teams to optimize growth. Whether you're looking for techniques and strategies or tools and resources, you've come to the right place. Let's accelerate your growth in three, two, one. Welcome everyone to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. I'm your host, Chad Sanderson. Today we're talking about the role of sponsorship in B2B marketing, best practices, how to find the right opportunities, and more. To help us, we have with us Ken Unger, president and co-founder of Charge. Ken, thanks for taking time and welcome to the show. Thanks, Chad. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I am uh, successfully quarantined. (laughs) (laughs) Although I just got a note from uh, UPS that one of my packages has to, I have to go pick it up. So I'm like, why did I... Why did I order it to be delivered if I now have to go pick it up? But aside from that, all is well. How about yourself? Very good, all things considered, right? Yeah, it's one day at a time. One day at a time. All right, so before we jump into the topic of the day, we'd like to start with a question, kind of provide our audience a little bit better understanding of you as an individual. And I, I like this question, you know, what's one thing you're passionate about that those that know you largely from a work relationship only may be surprised to learn about? Yeah, I uh, was thinking about that. And I think if I were not a sponsorship marketer, I'd be a professional chef. Whoa. I I spend all my free time when I'm not working. Besides the time with my family, I could be found in the kitchen. Really? uh, Because that is my passion. Where did that come from? I don't know. It was just a a hobby I picked up in, in grad school. But I think it stems from the fact that I believe that food can really bring people together whether it's families or friends or people who might not even see eye to eye in life, the one thing that binds us together as a community is food. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So, and I have to ask, I noticed on your LinkedIn profile, as I was getting ready, you had a lot of connection to racing. It looked like. Yeah. I've spent a good chunk of my adult life uh, playing in the sport of auto racing. (laughs) So that, that is true. That's a that's an expense. I mean, not that cooking, you know, depending on what you're cooking is cheap, but racing is definitely uh that's one of those that's a that's a lifestyle. Yeah, it really is. But I was never crazy enough to drive. So I, I've been to racing school, but I I was on the business side of auto racing. I was the um chief of staff of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and the senior vice president of IndyCar for almost a decade. Wow. And it was through that that uh, I not only um got the bug for sports and for uh, motorsports in particular, but where I I really learned that I had a passion for sponsorship. And well, and so let's talk about that. So the concept of sponsorship in B2B, many probably are scratching their heads (laughs) about about that. So how about some context for kind of laying the the groundwork for what what is sponsorship in a B2B setting? Yeah, well, let's go back and define sponsorship. It's, you know, sponsorship is one of about 120 different marketing vehicles that a company can rely on. You know, there are so many different uh, ways to market, especially now in the digital age. But sponsorship is one of those tried and true ones. But, uh, you know, technically, the definition of it, it's, it's a relationship between two companies where a sponsor pays for the right to speak to the audience of what we call a property. We see it a lot in professional sports, for example. So, for example, if you're a sponsor of the uh, Denver Broncos, 
you have the right to speak to the Broncos audience. Now, the two kinds of companies that could engage in sponsorship, one, of course, is um, B2C, so business to consumer, so typical consumer transaction. But a lot of times we see uh, B2B companies use sponsorship very successfully in order to cultivate that market and, and make sales in the B2B market. And so just, uh, I'm going to, I know it's further down on the list, but for the audience, can you give us an example uh, of one where you've seen it be particularly successful? Maybe that'll help kind of build the trellis for the audience. Yeah, there are, there are several different examples. So if we're looking for an example of like affecting direct sales, I had the opportunity once to work uh, with an aerospace company that sells private jets. And it was during my time in auto racing. And because uh, race team owners and race drivers are uh, high uh, users, are high volume users of, of private jets, <laughs> uh, this company wanted to sponsor the particular sports within auto racing to have access to that audience. So in that particular circumstance, they define the audience as high net income individuals who were team owners or were professional um, race car drivers. And uh, their return on investment in terms of what they were able to do because they had that kind of access through sponsorship was 32 to 1. Wow. So for every dollar that they spent in sponsorship, direct expense of, of the sponsorship, they brought 32 and $32 in of revenue. Okay. That's successful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is definitely successful. And yeah. so to me, it seems like you have to be, and I, maybe I could be wrong, but it seems to me like you have to be pretty careful about the types of companies you sponsor or the sponsors that you allow. Like for example, we've had, we've had multiple people, multiple companies reach out to attempt to sponsor this podcast. And we've, we've made the decision not to do that just because it's not, it's not in line with the strategy we had for the podcast from the beginning. But in general, I would assume that there has to be some analysis or maybe some discussion about, you know, do the brands align? Does it, does it make sense or is there, or is it not? Is it really just about the access? No, Chad, that's a great point. And so we really caution clients that the, the choice, both if you're on the brand side, so if you're sponsoring something, or if you're on the property side and looking for sponsors, there has to be fit. And so we, we look at that in a couple of different ways. First, you have to be sure if it's a, the right sponsorship, they have to share the same audience. So if you're a B2B company, for example, looking at sponsorship, the question would be, do your customers and the fan, if it's a sports organization, the fans of that sports organization, are they the same audience? So that's really important. If they're not, then that's not a good fit in terms of sponsorship. It's the wrong sponsor for you. The other aspect of it, we call fit. And fit can either be the personality fit, that is, do the two companies share the same personality? And from a category perspective, does it make sense to consumers that they would be in that category of sponsorship? So all those things have to align because what we find in sponsorship is, is when those things are out of alignment, that they're really rejected by the audience and the, and the sponsor doesn't get the benefit of what they really want to get out of the sponsorship. And is there, is there an example of that that you could provide? I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but, but, but one that you, can, that you can kind of point out that was like an obvious, yeah, that wasn't a really good fit or, or it wasn't an alignment in the audiences. Yeah, rather, rather than throw anyone under the bus, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give you kind of an, uh, a semi-hypothetical of, 
of kind of what works and what doesn't. So if the property is, say, an EDM festival, so electronic dance music, the sponsors that would fit for them have to share the personality. They have to be a natural category extension, and they have to share the same target audience. So a sponsor who is a very sedate, family-oriented company uh, or or a sponsor who sells products to, to kind of older consumers. You know, EDM is typically something enjoyed by, you know, people ages, you know, 18 to 35. Those are examples of bad fit. And so it wouldn't work for the EDM festival because the, the uh, participants would look at that kind of, you know, uh, askew, like w- what are they doing here? Right. And from a sponsor perspective, they wouldn't sell anything. <laughs> and so in those B2B environments, when the sponsorship happens and they gain access, is it just the access to the eyeballs or like in that EDM example, or are there arrangements where the people that are sponsoring get access to lists of members or customers that allow them to then execute a, a further, you know, an extension of that sponsorship in terms of maybe marketing campaigns or direct sales campaigns or things of that nature? Yeah, that's a great question. So let's, let's break that down and start from the beginning, right? So if you're a B2B company and you're sponsoring an event, the first thing that, it, that sponsorship does is it enhances your image if it's the right sponsorship. You know, we just talked about whether it's the right sponsorship or not. Assuming it is, and assuming, you know, I'll keep using like Denver and Colorado-based sports teams because I know you're based there, Jim. Right. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's let's look at the Rockies. I just mentioned the Broncos before, but let's look at the Colorado Rockies. So the Rockies are a great baseball team, great record, great players. People love them locally, and they have a, a national presence. So the first benefit that a B2B company would have in being involved in a sponsorship is what we call image transfer. So if you love the Colorado Rockies, you're going to love XYZ company that sells B2B type transactions. Right. So that image transfer really helps in terms of your over, the overall prestige, in terms of your marketing efforts. You know, also with that, you get more exposure as a company. So you know, the Rockies are going to do the heavy lifting of you know, creating exposure for you and your brand and what you're trying to do. The next thing is, is if you structure your sponsorship right as a B2B company, you get access. And you mentioned that just before, Chad. You get access and you get um, you create unique experiences. And those are like behind the scenes tours, meeting celebrities and athletes that you wouldn't have access to. Or perhaps it's even access to a sold out event. So what you find B2B companies doing in that sponsorship environment is they use that as um, an enticement to invite prospects to an event and provide them with this once in a lifetime experience that only a sponsorship can provide. So right there, you're creating this environment, a really fertile sales environment to bring your prospects, get their attention and really hold it for the duration of an event. So it's a much more targeted, almost almost an ABM kind of play in that scenario where I'm, I'm targeting a very specific set of individuals where I believe that type of sponsorship will resonate with them. Maybe the Rockies fans or, or, you know, their Broncos fans, whatever the sponsorship may be. And so I'm, I'm assuming, or I've probably done some homework to determine that the majority of the individuals that I'm targeting from a business standpoint, that that's something that would resonate with them. Is that so that's exactly doing the homework right. up front? Okay. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's the second part of this targeting process. So the B2B company would spend a lot of time finding the right sponsorship. 
But then if they're going to incorporate hospitality and then um, have the create this access to their unique opportunities that they purchase through the sponsorship, second part of that targeting is making sure that those prospects are the right prospects. Now, depending on what you sponsor, this is a real opportunity to reach C-level prospects. So we all know kind of in a B2B environment, basically your buyers are either professional buyers who are very hard to get to or C-level executives who are also very hard to get to. (laughs) But you're really, you're creating this opportunity where instead of going to power, power is coming to you. So depending on the event, depending on the sponsorship, you have this really unique opportunity. And I'll, I'll tell you this unique opportunity, what it does, and, and there, there's statistics to back this up through academic research, it shortens your sales cycle. Uh, so a lot of times, if you have a very long sales cycle, you could short circuit it uh, by incorporating a sponsorship into the mix and get, get to the close faster through this. And and is that largely because it's a situation where you're tapping into more of a personal, emotional response because it's a sponsorship of something that they may be passionate about? So it gives you an opportunity to build, you know, trust, credibility, and rapport in a much faster way? Exactly. I think you have this this focused opportunity to establish faith and confidence in a non-threatening environment, meaning it's not a boardroom, it's not somebody's office. You are in the relaxed environment of whatever event. It doesn't necessarily have to be a sports event, but you're in this relaxed environment where the prospect is disarmed because it really is about more about the relationship and less about the transaction. Perfect. And so when somebody wants to do a sponsorship, like, so, I mean, I've, I've been in organizations, I've you know, been in marketing teams where we've done a small sponsorships, nothing like the Rockies or the Broncos, but it takes a lot of logistics. It takes a lot of really well thought out approach to ensure that you are maximizing the opportunity. Do you see people in organizations like, is this 100% a function of marketing and they have a special team, a sponsorship team, or is it something that's spread across other responsibilities inside of an organization? So you're exactly right, Chad, in terms of like the, the degree of effort and the logistical challenge, but it, it isn't dependent on scope. And what I mean is that there are gigantic sponsorships, you know, probably in the sports world, the largest sponsorships are around the Olympic games. And so you'll see, you know, tens or hundreds of millions of dollars and hundreds of staff people aligned around making those. And a lot of those are B2B sponsorship, for, for example. But to make those successful, you'll see that, that quantity of effort. But there are much, much smaller events, events that take place in your community that uh, may not even be citywide. They might be a relatively small community. Now, the scope's different, so the dollars are smaller, but there's effort, uh, and the effort's really important because what we say is not you not only have to acquire the sponsorship, and that's to pay a fee for the sponsorship, but you have to leverage the sponsorship. And what that means is that you really have to take the time to activate it. And in the case of B2B sponsorship, it's develop that prospect list, send those invitations, plan the event create materials around that event if that's appropriate. All those things that in terms of creating value around the experience takes time and effort and planning. And so, for example, um, if someone spends a dollar to acquire a sponsorship, like in the case we used with your local Colorado teams, like with the Rockies, if you pay the Rockies a dollar for the sponsorship, 
you should be prepared to spend probably in between 50 cents and a dollar on all the things it takes to get your prospects to an event, the costs around that. It's, it's anywhere from 0.5 to 1 to 1 to 1 in terms of the, the, the ratio to leverage the event. Okay. So that, that means if we're looking at it from an evaluation standpoint, you really want to make sure you've got the people that can, that can effectively leverage it as well as a true understanding of the financial side of it from an investment standpoint. Is sponsorship something that you're seeing more people take advantage of or does that potential types of dollar figures... I mean, I know we can talk size of scope and stuff, but is it one that you see B2B companies understand or is it where there's confusion or they need some more education around it? No, I think, you know, it really depends on the the experience that the company has had prior to sponsorship, but it's not something that should be feared. It's a marketing tool like any other. It has some rules of engagement to it, but once you kind of understand those rules of engagement, it's, it's relatively easy to deploy. So in the case of a B2B company, you'll want to make sure, for example, that you have on your end the staff, whether it's your sales staff, whether it's C-level executives on your end, but you have all those ducks in a row in terms of, of how to do it. But it's a really, it's an accessible marketing channel. And frankly, it's been very successful. We've seen kind of in the last 10 years, the uh, the size of the market has gone from about... Um, anywhere from like $40 billion worldwide to $67 billion worldwide. It's a big jump. It's a big jump. And in in the U.S. market of that $67 billion, about 20 20 plus billion of it is just the United States alone. So it's big business for a reason, and that's because it works in terms of enhancing image, building sales, all those types of things that every company wants to do. It has demonstrated uh, an ROI against it and a return on objectives against it. So it's growing as a result. Okay. And so talk to me a little bit about about Charge. What do you guys do there in order to enable uh, companies with the sponsorship side of marketing? Yeah. So we're a uh, sponsorship marketing agency. And what we do is we advise companies on both sides of that transaction. So we have clients who are brands who normally buy sponsorship, who are sponsors, and we have companies who are properties, companies that want to attract sponsorship. So what we do, for example, on the brand side is we advise them where their ta- target audience exists, what events, uh, could be sports events, uh, events in the arts, not-for-profits, all these different opportunities. We find the right target audience for our clients on the brand side. We then advise them on things like um, pricing. What's the right pricing for a certain opportunity? And then help them understand a plan to leverage. Like, how are they going to go about leveraging it? How can they put together, for example, a, a B2B plan where they are bringing prospects to an event? How to engage them right from the start, from the invitation through the actual event and through the post-event uh, where you're trying to get to a close. We help clients understand that process and maximize their efforts to, to, uh, to get benefit from the sponsorship. So it's it's all in one guide you through the process on both sides, make sure you maximize it. Uh, And so for those, so it's really, it removes all the excuses for those that are like, Hey, I've never done sponsorship and I'm not hundred percent sure how to do it. You're there to help them along every step of the process. Right. Exactly. I, we, we kind of call ourselves the Sherpas. (laughs) We'll help you get to the top of Mount Everest. Uh, We'll uh, that's our goal is to, to help you climb the summit and be successful. 
Okay. And what, what key takeaways, what one or two things would you want anybody listening to this podcast to really take home with them as a result of, of learning a little bit more about sponsorship? Yeah, I really want them to understand the importance of target audience. That would be the first thing that don't engage in a sponsorship unless you have the right audience. Meaning we see, for example, and this is true of B2B and B2C, you have the CEO who likes a sport, usually golf. (laughs) And and then he or she will then create a, a sponsorship around a golf event which may or may not be the target audience of that company. We call that sometimes a hobby sponsorship. And so understanding like where your customers can be found, that's the first takeaway. Second is that it requires time and commitment. And so if you're not ready to invest the time and be committed to activating that sponsorship, don't waste your money starting with it. And then then the, the third thing is really how to get started. And that's, really look around in your community. Well, look around actually anywhere that you do business. Look for those sponsorship properties that share your, your audience. And the other part of it is we talked about the prospects. Look for a sponsorship that you feel your prospects would enjoy if you're going to use that sponsorship for um, hospitality and entertainment purposes and match that up. So those are the three things that uh, I really want your listeners to take away from this. Uh, I love it. Uh, all right. So let's change direction here a little bit. Towards the end of each interview, we ask our guests two standard questions. And as a, as a president and, and co-founder, that makes you a prospect for people out there selling things that they believe will be of value to you. I'm always curious to understand if, if somebody doesn't have um, a referral or a reference in, right? Like they don't, there's no pre-existing relationship. For you personally, what works best to capture your attention and have someone be able to build the credibility and earn the right to time on your calendar? I think that, and that's a great question. I I think you need to know me, but most importantly, you need to know the obstacles that I'm facing, whether they're the actual obstacles, which you can probably find out if you research a particular company, or the obstacles that typically, like for my case, someone who owns a marketing agency would encounter. I do not like when I'm approached and people either don't know me, my company name, the challenges that I face. So you really, people who understand what obstacles I'm facing and then can help take those obstacles away, that's the kind of the best sales effort that I think I can think of. All right. And last question, we call it our acceleration insight. If there's one piece of advice you could tell sales, marketing, professional services piece, uh, people, one piece of advice that you believe if they listened would help them hit their targets or exceed them, what would it be and why? Yeah, I, I, I'll break that down. I'll cheat a little, Chad. I'll, <laughs> I'll make it a two-parter. And that's one is do your research. And so really taking the time it's it's not burn and churn, and it's uh, it's really taking time to do research. But the other thing is bring value. Once you've done your research, how can you how can you bring value to the transaction and really treat it as a relationship? That's probably the 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 takeaways that I'd I'd, I'd leave with your listeners. Yeah, I love it. That, then that resonates because I am a firm believer in both of those. So all right, if a, <laughs> sure. if a listener is interested in talking more about sponsorship or learning more about charge or connecting with you, where where would you like us to send them? Yeah. Um, so for your listeners, Chad, we have created a, a, a valuable ebook that's available for free. So if they go to freebook.chargesponsorship.com, they can get a free ebook about how to get started in sponsorship. If they'd like to know more information, you can go to chargesponsorship.com. That's our website. And my email address is kunger, K-U-N-G-A-R at chargesponsorship.com. 
Excellent. We'll make sure we get all of that in the, in the show notes and promote that out. Ken, I can't thank you enough for taking time. It's been great having you on the show. Thanks, Chad. I really appreciate it. All right, everybody, you know the drill. It does it for this episode. Hit us at b2brevexec.com. Share the episode with friends, family, coworkers. I mean, we're all stuck inside right now, so people got time to listen. Just saying. If you like what you hear, do us a favor, write us a review on iTunes. Until next time, we at Value Selling Associates wish you all nothing but the greatest success. You've been listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.